Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hi, Christy and all of you mysterious foodies out there. Last week's Corks and Conversation with Elaine Veets was so fun and funny, don't you think? I know. Yes. I mean, we were so nervous because that was like our first live podcast. I mean, it was our first even though, interview with somebody. Um, yeah, doing it live, like in yeah. front of people yes. and everything. And, um, and uh, we, you know, I knew Elaine Veets. She had a lot of writing knowledge and awards and stuff. But I mean, I didn't know she'd be so much fun to talk to. Did you? Oh, I, okay. I don't know if the I, I'm assuming most of our mysterious foodies have listened, but if you haven't, you should check it out because she really <laughs> was funny. Yes, she was very funny. Yeah. Although probably don't have it uh, right before a spaghetti dinner or anything. <laughs> she does have some very specialized training. <laughs> or you could you could listen with your favorite teddy bear, and if you haven't listened yet, that will that would be a good a good clue, but. Check it exactly. out. Yeah, it's on episode uh, 21. No, I'm sorry. Today's Ooh. episode is 21. Oh, yes. Uh, yes Lane's is. is Corks and Conversation number seven, I believe. Is that right? Maybe you know, you, you just, I mean, yeah, we the numbers are getting too high for us, I think. I know. I don't so know. many. So many. Okay. <laughs> but today, today is episode 21. So congratulations to us. We're finally legal to drink some of this wine. (laughs) Yes, we are. Okay. So, so, yeah. What are we drinking today, Christy? Okay. It is Clos de Bois Pinot Grigio. And Kathy, (laughs) I don't want you to look on the bottle. I don't want you to even look up. Yes. You have to taste it. Remember, we were going to do this. You have (sighs) to taste it. I thought that was just a theory. And then give me... Whatever kind of flavor you think you hear, you know, I mean. Oh, really? Okay. All right. I'm really not going to be. You can do it. I mean, okay. look, what, what kind of pressure do we have? I mean. Okay, seriously. You know. Not that much. All right. <laughs> Let me take a drink of wine. So, I, I've never done that before. I'm only 21st episode here. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's well, very tasty. You get to do this to me next time, so don't worry. Oh, please. Believe me, I am. Okay. Let me do it again. Okay. Just any random flavor, because, you know, fruit. they always say a bunch. Fruit. Like, okay. fruity. All right. But I'm, I think I might right. say that with any Pinot Grigio. Yes. You, you might have to narrow the fruit down, because there is a wide range of fruits. <gasps> really? Yeah, why? Anything else? Don't you think that's specific enough? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. I mean, because they say a bunch of stuff. Okay. So I was just wondering if okay. you had any other say, notes. I was going to say a flower, like elderflower. Okay. Oh, my gosh. You are such an expert. We <laughs> should really, really, really go to Sabalier school or something because this is the tasting notes. Our Pinot Grigio exhibits aromas of white peach, melon, and pink grapefruit oh. with delicate floral notes. See, there you go. Okay. And uh, it's it's a the wine has a vibrant, lively acidity with bright citrus flavors of lime zest, grapefruit, and stone fruit. Wow. With hints of minerality and a long, crisp finish. Minerality. What is minerality? It's like um, dirt. 
That's awesome. <laughs> but dirt doesn't come across that nice, especially after that lovely description. <laughs> uh, well, I would think it would be like something like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, calcium. Maybe that's a mineral. There's a lot of minerals out there, but I don't know what they're trying to come say. On, pull your science I mean, degree out. I know. I had a chemistry major, and I'm like, ah, minerality. Well, it's not helium. So, <laughs> well, that is. It is. I'm very proud of myself. I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take another drink. Just I'm break. proud of you too. I can't wait to try myself because I have a feeling I'm not gonna be that good at it. But whatever. <laughs> well, we, we'll see. Stay tuned. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Anyway. Oh yes. So. Kathy. Yes, Christy. Um, I, I know you've talked about your oldest daughter graduating from high school. Oh, yes. And I am so, I'm, I'm really kind of curious on what your experience, like the actual graduation itself, because down here, I mean, we all know that I come, I'm living in a very populated part of the country, and you're not so populated. So, I'm thinking there's probably going to be some differences because, for instance, we all our high schools in Broward County, there might be two or three that actually do the graduation at the school. The rest of them go to um, either there's a couple um, small colleges that have, you know, um, auditoriums Mm -hmm. or the... um, the Performing Arts Center in, you know, Broward County, they have, you know, yeah. a Performing Arts Center. And one, even Stoneman Douglas this year, you know, because we've all, we all know Stoneman Douglas now. Yes. Um, um, theirs is at the BB&T Center, which is like where, you know, huge concerts are and okay. stuff. So, so they, and, and on, in addition to that, it's like a rotation. So every two hours. So starting... On, on Saturdays and Sundays, they start as early as, um, I believe, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 or 9 in the morning. Oh, to accommodate and they all have the, a graduate. Is that to accommodate all the high schools yes. in the area? Okay. Yep. Yep. So they'll have, you know, a graduation at 8, a graduation at 11, a graduation at, say, 3, oh and then gosh. one at 7. Yeah. And so, like, when you come out, you know, you all come out, and then they're just, there's, people out there outside because you know it's outside in florida we're coming outside and they're mm-hmm. like shooing us they're like you need to keep moving keep moving you know everybody's <laughs> trying to take pictures and hug each other because the next group is trying to get in right. for their graduation to get seats and everything oh that's interesting yeah well yeah. so we um we do uh utilize a um a large um arena conference center um mm-hmm. in town uh, just because um, our high school, so w- uh, my daughter's graduating class is um, two fifty or right below that, so it's oh, actually yeah. a pretty small. See, that's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a smaller class. We we have larger classes coming, but even with mm-hmm. that, it it would be very hard to accommodate all of them and uh, you know all the families and everything in our high school auditorium. So uh, mm-hmm. we do go to what's called the Swift Tell Center. And um, it's a very large venue, you know, they have concerts and that kind of thing. So, but we only have one high school in Brookings. So um, it's, it's the only event out there. So that is on our our high school. See, that reminds me of my high school experience because I was in a small town. It's very small town and um, which I love. And I have a funny small town Mm -hmm. story for you. I was going to tell you about, so don't let me forget. But um, Mm -hmm. 
so the graduation for our high school is always two o'clock um, on Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. That's just kind of the tradition. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's so cool. It is because you, you have it planned way ahead of you time. You know like, we when don't, it is. We didn't even know until like a few weeks before. They kind of just had the day or the yeah. general area. Yeah. So that's really nice, and it's nice to have it on the Memorial Day weekend. So people who have families coming, you know, it's. So Mm -hmm. um, what happens, though, is that most students have some sort of, you know, celebratory party on their own, um, Mm -hmm. either the weekend preceding or this coming weekend. um, And that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing. So we're having a party um, to celebrate Friday evening. And then the graduation ceremony is on Sunday afternoon. And and then we have lots of other parties, you know, to go to throughout the weekend. So. Um, and mm-hmm. my my little neighborhood, um, it's a pretty small little neighborhood, and um, we mm-hmm. have several um, graduates each year <laughs> because all mm-hmm. the kids kind of grew up at the same age. And so mm-hmm. um, I think we have four kids in our – I mean, I'm talking like one little road. Um, there's four right. kids. And so um, usually the neighbors will kind of – um, converse, you know, and say, when's your party? Mm-hmm. So we don't completely clog the neighborhood with cars. So it's very small town. And I love that. So good. Very yeah. Did you combine your party with any other kids? We did anything? not. Like any of their friends? No, mm-hmm. we did not. But a lot of people do that, which I think is a great idea because right. it's a lot of yeah. work and a lot of expense. And I think it's a wonderful idea if you can make that mesh. So right. right. We're excited to celebrate but I do have a fun little Ooh, fun. small town story I want to tell you. I thought of you the okay, other day. Okay. I can't wait to hear. This is gonna, such a I small town. I should have left this bottle unscrewed. Which, by the way, the wine bottle is a screw top. Which so we are a fan of. I heard a little screwing right then, it was because <laughs> I had to open it for another little pour. There we go. Okay. So my younger daughter just had a birthday. And one of her birthday gifts, uh, I got her a, um, a massage gift certificate, right? Oh, my gosh. Has she had one before? Yeah, she has. Okay. (laughs) You guys are so progressive up there. Apparently we are. (laughs) And so um, I had called this place to, um, you know, get her massage certificate. And and she said, and this is a new place I hadn't tried before. So this woman did not know me. And she said, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm busy all day tomorrow doing massages, but I'll just leave the front door open because she's kind of a one-woman show. You know, she doesn't have a receptionist Mm -hmm. or anything. So she just left the front door of her. Um, business open left the gift certificate mm-hmm. for me sitting on the counter with my name with a sticky note and she's like just leave me a check oh my god and just leave me a check and oh my god that'd be good and i thought this is a great story to tell christy because that's very oh yeah normal for brookings and small town south dakota and i bet you could not do that in florida <laughs> no not in a million years <laughs> i mean yeah it's such a different environment yeah isn't that funny you're right yeah so yeah i thought you'd enjoy yeah. that I know, because people are, like, worried if something's going to be stolen from my front door and my interior corridor with locked outer doors, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's funny. mm, All right, so let's take another quick sip of wine. But I'm really excited to talk about our book today. So let me enjoy my notes of grapefruit here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very nice, um, nice Pinot Grigio. Yes. So we are talking about, um, our book today is Runaway by Harlan Coben. And I think Mm -hmm. it's such a great book because it is just a great read. But it's such a good book for us at this time because both of our kids are around the same age as 
the um, daughter in the story, the I know who's lost. Oh my god! I know, oh. and so um, it's you know kind of scary how life can change in a dime. And um, the main character of the book, the protagonist Simon, who's the dad, really gives mm-hmm. us insight on that experience when you can't predict what's going to happen to your kids, and it can be awful and. I know. That's why this time is so scary for us. I mean, oh my gosh. And I mean, it's been really kind of a roller coaster because the last book was Saving Megan. Mm. And now this is Runaway. And they're both like really like they hit at mom's hearts, don't they? <laughs> well, you know, I was hesitant to read. I mean, I, I wasn't hesitant, but I, I had pause at both of the concepts because it did hit home, and I was like, "Oh, yuck!" You know, I know. Yeah, so, and they were they were really good, but they really made you think. And um, you know, maybe maybe you're just gonna have to give us some yoga techniques, to commas, <laughs> some after bre- all this. some breathing techniques. <laughs> yes, I can do that now. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit more about Runaway, shall we? And Mr. Harlan mm-hmm. Coben. Oh, so yes. If you, Everybody knows who he is, right? Well, I, I'm going to guess so, okay? But if not, you really need to look into this. So Harlan Coben is um, a very prolific writer. I, um, he has over 70 million books in print. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just can't even picture. Oh my gosh. So he has, I, you know, I'm going to say it's in the upper 20s as far as um, novels, um, that are out wow. there. I read the number and I can't recall now. It was just so many that it seemed, <laughs> it seemed very impressive. Insurmountable, yes. right? <laughs> and I think there's two series in his books, but he also has lots of standalones. And this one is a standalone. Mm-hmm. It's um, mm-hmm. meaning it doesn't have any other preceding books Not connected a to it, right? He also is um, working works on two series for Netflix. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I didn't. The um, I've heard of both of them. I have not watched either, but they're definitely on my list now. Um, he is uh, writing uh, one called Safe, and the other is called mm-hmm. The Five. And they both oh. are on Netflix right now. Um, well, I have Netflix. Well, there so you I'm go. Gonna watch them. Yeah. <laughs> and are they are they scary or what? You know, I'm, I'm not. You don't know. I'm not sure about the premise of them. I would I'll imagine they're thrillers. I mean, that's my my guess because um, right. that's kind of what he does, right? If anybody out there has watched it, you have to let us know on Twitter. Yeah, I'm very or curious. Facebook. Yeah, you know. yeah. And so um, he also is doing. He's turning one of his books into a movie with Netflix right now, and they're apparently working on that currently so that'll be really interesting Too cool yep yeah and if mm-hmm. you don't follow him on social media I-, I personally think he's worth following he's i i follow him on instagram i suppose you follow him probably on twitter but i yeah actually i i don't know i mean i think game of books does but i think i should personally because oh, i he's I, yeah so on instagram he does a lot of dad humor which i just think is oh fun hilarious <laughs> And um, he does a lot of stuff with other writers, too. You know, just lots of mm-hmm. communication. Um, he seems to be good friends with Emily uh, Giffen, um, who's a really prolific and successful writer. And they really banter back and forth. And I just think oh, he's, fun. he's really funny. So, And he also oh. posts pictures of his dog. 
And I will get back to that a little bit later. So anyway, so that's Harlan. And I just think he'd be a blast (laughs) to talk to. So I really hope we can talk to him. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And he's going to be at Thriller Fest this year. I believe he's being honored. (gasps) Okay. Yes. So there we go. Yes. So Runaway is just the quick and dirty version, right? There's this family. um, Mm -hmm. Dad, you know, very um, traditionally... um, normal seeming family is that a fair thing to say mm-hmm. right yeah i think so you know, i think they're you know like us <laughs> well they're you know functioning they have jobs no, they have yeah. kids they and unfortunately no real uh, craziness going on no no not until now they're but their older mm-hmm. daughter unfortunately is addicted to drugs she has a terrible addiction problem and on top of that she has an abusive boyfriend who keeps helps keeping um i guess he helps keep her away from them she doesn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. her family and they'd lost mm-hmm. touch with her for a few years in a chance meeting. The dad finds out where she's at. It's kind of the opening scene mm-hmm. of the book. And mm-hmm. we're going to do a very good job of not giving away any spoilers, by the way. Because that's... Yes. Yeah. Good. But And then he goes after her. Because everybody needs to read it. You it's do. Really good. It's so good. And yeah. he goes after her and she runs away. And mm-hmm. so what do you to do as a parent, right? I mean, he can't just let her go. Right. And so he starts following her into this very dark life that she's involved in and mm-hmm. they basically go down the rabbit hole right i mean it's just mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole yeah yeah so i can't even imagine i can't either but man is i just thought this was this is one of my favorite books we've read together. riveting yeah, yeah. I, I really like this one mm-hmm. um so one of the things i really wanted to talk to you about um in this book is at one scene pretty not too far down um uh, into the book, he he mm-hmm. ends up um, where she has been living at some point, and it's a pretty depressing mm-hmm. scene, obviously, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. he starts questioning every single thing, you know, that he did as a parent that could have right. possibly caused her to be there, or what what if he did something different that would have maybe mm-hmm. changed the trajectory of her life and her, you know, her her drug habit uh, and mm-hmm. addiction. And he mentions mm-hmm. specifically the butterfly effect. And I am fascinated by the butterfly effect. Are you, is this something you've ever heard yeah. of before? I have. I have I heard of it. I figured you yes. had. So the concept mm-hmm. is, it's kind of a, I guess, chaos theory um, mm-hmm. studies it. And I, it's a weather thing too. But the concept is, right, that um, any little thing it's a, mm-hmm. it's a metaphor for life, right? That any small event right. can have huge effects and you never know right. what's going to happen. Right. Like a butterfly across the world flaps its wings, adds to the wind, and the other side of the world, something happens right. based on that. Right. Can it cause a big, you know, basically yeah, um, huge event? And so it re- I just yeah. think that's a fascinating conversation anyway. Although it's haunting, yeah. right? When you when you talk about doesn't it, doesn't it hit you it like does. really hard? As like you... I have I have those thoughts all the time. Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> in regard to parenting. I mean, it's I certainly have them in my own right. life, but parenting. Right. Like, no, oh. parenting, yes. That's the main thing, and it's usually in the middle of the night, you know. Like, <laughs> of course. <sighs> making sleep so easy to come. <laughs> I know. And you're like sitting there going, "Hmm, Maybe the reason why they're doing this is because that one time I fed them fish and they thought it was chicken or something. <laughs> I don't know. 
You know, I mean, it yeah. could be the smallest thing and you're like going, I ruined them. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, 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 no. But you know what I do find, have you, it also reminds me, it's probably, it's the same concept of sliding doors. Have you ever heard of like sliding doors is kind of another concept, but there was a movie called Sliding Doors and it was about this exact thing. And I have not seen that and it's sort of ringing bells, but what exactly is that like? Okay, I mean, what so does that mean? I think, you know, I'm going to say it's like a, a 1990s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. I remember that. But oh. um, it, it basically is this woman's life. Um, things aren't going very, very well. And mm-hmm. um, then the, the whole, it shows kind of what happens. But then the rest of the movie is if she had just done one thing different, how her life would have turned out differently. So it was like, you know. Oh, my gosh. I so lied to you. I saw this movie. You've seen this. I totally saw this movie. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. And I so. I, but it was freaky. It was freaky. It was very <laughs> haunting to see kind of real life. But I think it's kind of the same concept as a butterfly effect. Like yeah. one different decision. But interestingly, I looked up that movie. And mm-hmm. the film is the result of the. Um, uh, the gentleman who wrote the movie, whose name is Howitt, uh, Peter Howitt. He wrote and directed the movie. Oh, 1998, Sliding Doors. And okay. it's from his own life experience. He said he was walking down the road. He had this idea or urge that he needed to call a friend about something. Mm-hmm. So he quickly crossed mm-hmm. the street to go call, call this friend without looking and nearly got mm-hmm. killed in traffic. Oh a car God. just, you know, just because he had made that decision. And so that mm-hmm. was kind of, he said he couldn't resist the hypothetical, you know, what if, what would have happened, you know, if I hadn't decided to cross the road or if I had gotten hit and all right. those things. And that's where the movie came from. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is. But haunting, as you say. As well. Haunting, yes. Yeah. You know, it really is. So that's, oh my gosh. that's something the protagonist I'm going to be up with. in the middle of the no. night thinking about this conversation. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it's all. That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of wine, which we need to take another drink of now. Yeah. See. See. Yeah. See. Now we'll go into the lighter aspects of this story. Thanks for the butterfly effect and sliding doors conversation, (laughs) Kathy. That was really uplifting today. Thanks. No. No. (laughs) You know what? I totally get it, though. I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it. It's kind of the main. And I think a lot. I think everybody out there listening kind of gets it too, you know, and even even people who aren't parents get it because, you know, it happens in relationships, it happens in everything. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So tell me so how. So should we go on yeah, to? The wine. How did that play into the story or the food? Like what got you picking this Pinot Grigio? Okay. So I'll preface it with there was no wine drinking in general that I saw in the book. No. I don't know if you remembered any. I mean, you know, there might have been a beer here and there, maybe a thought about having a glass of wine, but they were pretty much intense. But um, there was one scene where a character talked about um, a meal, and it was grilled Dorado with Mm. walnuts and parsley pesto. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. This... Yes, it was 
it was really in, it was it was funny to me. It was a funny scene if you can have a funny scene in a thriller, you know. And also, I mean, it was really designed, I think, to give insight into the characters, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, you know, wasn't wasted. Harlan Coben is not going to waste a little bit on a, on a good meal, but I looked up, I was like, what goes with grilled Dorado with walnut and parsley pesto? And, you know, of course, white wine, Pinot Grigio comes up. So I said, okay, that's Mm. why I'm going to get the white wine. And then I just figured everybody should know a little bit about Dorado. Well, because... I would like to know about Dorado because I that wasn't a new one for me. <laughs> okay, so 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 the in the scene, the character is recalling in her childhood that um, the the Dorado fish um, made her father think that his car, which was the Cadillac El Dorado. <laughs> was named after a fish and so he got very upset and wanted to get rid of the car so i was like well gosh what is the cadillac el dorado named after and the other character knew that it was named after this legendary story about gold in south america i mean it's if you do a little research on it it's very convoluted but it's like mythological and apparently i mean i never even realized this but El Dorado, they, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of right. It's like a metaphor often used, like the Holy Grail or, you know, and, um, so that's why they named the car that, but the fish, which is the Dorado fish Mm -hmm. has many names. Okay. And in the Pacific Ocean area, it's called Mahi Mahi. Oh, that's what in I'm South America. With. It's called Dorado. And then I guess probably named after El Dorado. I don't know. And then in my area in the Atlantic in the southern area, which this is a very prolific fish here, it's called dolphin. But it's a fish, not the mammal. Right. But but it, we've started adopting Mahi Mahi down here. Some plate restaurants will still have dolphins. Some have mahi mahi just because, you know, tourists are going to be like, what? I'm eating a dolphin? You know, right. and no, it's a fish and it's, it's a beautiful fish. I mean, it's so, so colorful. I have um, caught it's got a mahi like, mahi or a giraffe. Have you? Or a dolphin. Have you? And have you? <laughs> I have all three. Deep sea fishing in Florida, in fact. And what did they call it there? Uh, we called it mahi mahi. Oh, interesting. But so maybe, the, I mean, that might be... The fishermen on the boat called it Mahi Mahi. Well, I don't know. It was a while ago, in fairness. I was yeah. much younger. Well, you know, I just am asking is because I remember my um, sister-in-law had once said, oh, I caught a Dorado. And that, you know, she was like off Mexico fishing or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, so I, at that time, I think I... I probably had to look it up in a book or something. I mean, to be fair, you know, I have a marine biology degree, so I probably looked it up, you know, at one of our <laughs> books there. But 
But I was like, what the heck is a Dorado? And then I realized it's the same fish that we have here mm. that we call dolphin. And then, then the mahi-mahi started coming into the picture. So Interesting. Mahi-mahi is very nice sounding. Mahi-mahi so. makes it sound fun. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's the general adopted, you know, there's only a few places that'll still, well, restaurants might still say dolphin, just maybe for, to be colorful, but otherwise they usually put mahi-mahi. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so they were eating this grilled Dorado, which is mahi-mahi, with walnuts and parsley pesto. So, guess what? I'm making it tonight. Are you really? (laughs) Oh, that sounds good. Yes, indeed. I already made the walnuts and parsley pesto. That sounds delicious. I wish I was there. I know. I wish you were, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because I'd have, well, I'll feed my daughter. So she'll enjoy it. Yes. Yes. But anyway, so that's where it all came into play. Well, I'm so glad to know that. I did not know that. Yep. There you go. All right. Okay. Another sip. Another Mm -hmm. sip. And we're on to... Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You get to do the writer's perspective this week. I have to tell you. And I have no idea what you're doing. So (laughs) I was... This wasn't even hard because I... Uh, when we divvy these up, you know, we each decide mm-hmm. who's doing what. And I, I, I was thrilled to get the writer's perspective for this book because I have um, something that Harlan Coben wrote on my bulletin board above my writing desk, and it is called Five Writing Tips by Harlan Coben. You are a rock star. And so I thought, I am bringing this to talk to Christy about because that, this, that's yes. just it. It's like a no-brainer. So oh. it's really, really quick and easy five tips. I'm going to go through them, and I want you to, your, okay. your thoughts on them quick, okay? Okay. By the way, sure. this was published in Publishers Weekly in 2017. So you can okay. find this very easily, writers. All right, so number one, he says, you can always fix bad pages, but you can't fix no pages. So just write and try to turn off the, here's my favorite, voice of doom that paralyzes you. I am so guilty of that. Doom, the voice of doom. I am so guilty of that. You are so right. Yeah, so that's just, but it's so, it's just so obvious and and he just makes it so easy. Mm -hmm. Number two, Mm -hmm. never try to jump on a trend. He said, by the time you write it. Yeah, the trend is over. And mm-hmm. so I And that is that's another thing that can be tempting for a lot of writers. They could be like, "Oh my gosh, whatever is going on right now." Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. You just have to get lucky on that. Just write what you want. Yep. And as we said, write what you love and really believe in. Okay, so number 3. Mm-hmm. This is getting better. Write okay. like there's a knife against your throat. <laughs> <laughs> And I've always thought, should I I'm bring glad a knife he didn't in like here? say yeah. like a double-edged serrated knife from. No. <laughs> he said the knife is right there, and if you bore us, flick, you're dead. Right with that kind of energy, make every word count. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good one. It oh, is. I've never heard that. Oh my gosh. I know, and it just cracks me up because I, I, I mean, it's. There are times, believe me, with what I'm writing, most of the time it's just boring and blah. And so I think, okay, <laughs> knife against the throat. Okay, number four. Um, this is very inspirational for new writers, I think. The distance mm-hmm. is nothing. It's only the first step that is difficult. And he said, I don't know who originally said this, but the first word you write each day is the hardest. The second word is the second hardest and so on. 
So once you start, it does. That is so true. Isn't that true? I mean, I just kind of got goosebumps because I'm like, you have to keep remembering that because it's the fact that you get, you know, everybody says, oh, you got to sit down, you got to write. But but when you write, when you do that, you're like, oh man, I have so many things I want to do and I got to do and I got this going on and... So then you sit down, but you write the first word, and then you're like, oh, this is kind of good. And then the next one, and then and then you're like, shoot, I don't want to do anything else. Right. And I, I love that it's that, that Harlan Coben gives us advice, because you would think at this point in his career, he wouldn't even write, think about the voice right. of doom. or I mean, but it's hard for every writer, and we, it's easy. Right. It's easy to forget. Because you're creating, you know, and yeah. it's, and you never know if it's going to be good or not. You're just like... Putting yourself out there, really. Yeah. So number five, the last one, I'm actually quite mm-hmm. good at. He says, there are days you just can't write, so you should fill mm-hmm. them with self-loathing. <laughs> and I've got the self-loathing <laughs> down. He says, okay, this is my favorite. What, Snowflake? You wanted me to tell you it's okay to feel this way? It's not. <sighs> and on the days I'm not writing, I'm racked with guilt and self-hatred. If you're not, try another profession. I know, so, but that's why we drink so much wine, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take this home now and put this back up on my um, bulletin board above my desk. Okay, I hope you post that on our blog I so will. everybody can print it out and post it. <laughs> I will, I will. It's really... An- that was great, Kathy. Thanks. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy to have talked about Runaway and I'm... It's definitely going on on one of my favorites um, on my shelves. And mm-hmm. um, what do you think about the wine? You know, I really like it. I, I found I like Pinot Grigios. I always thought I was a red person, but I like Pinot Grigios. And Clos de Bois does not disappoint. Yeah, and it's a in, very in reasonable price. Yes. my Mine was, as my store put it, surprisingly low price of $8.99. <laughs> you sent me a picture of that. That cracked me up. She said it's not on sale, but it is a surprising low price. <laughs> and ours, it was, um, I believe, the same price here, too. So, so hey, cool. all of you MFs, we'd love to hear from you. Um, talk to us about what you think about Harlan's writing tips and what you think about the butterfly effect, maybe. You mm-hmm. can talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at G-O-B Writers. Yes, and keep listening because we do have some really cool upcoming episodes planned already. And if uh, you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we'll be dropping little hints on upcoming books and authors. And don't forget the wine. You can even uh, get the same <laughs> wine as us and and sample some of it while you're listening to us maybe and why yes. and why we'll sound re- even better as you're listening <laughs> we do sound better if you have wine yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyway thanks for listening and that's all for this episode of game of books where we share food wine and mystery and be sure to subscribe to us so you can get your food wine and mystery tips every friday morning just in time for the weekend and this is christy And Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.